together for my good to make 
all the earth from beginning of time to the end of time. There is no one like you, God. There is no one. Today as we celebrate, we celebrate Mother's Day today. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a day of, of thankfulness to, to thank the ones that we love, our moms, our nurturers, our caretakers. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Sometimes a situation that brings you to your knees makes you realize just how thankful you are thankful for the people in your life and thankful for such a wonderful, awesome, loving God. Uh, last night, we had to take my four-year-old daughter to the ER, and uh, that was my first experience with anything like that. And in a situation like that, as a, as a parent, that'll, that'll shake you to your core. You know, that'll bring you to your knees something affects your your children your babies you know and um through all of that through everything that was happening all i could think of was just the goodness of god how grateful how grateful i am for the love the love of our father and as we celebrate today Thanking, thanking our moms and being thankful for the ones that we love. Just don't forget, don't forget the goodness, the goodness of your father, how much he loves you and what he did to meet with you, to be reconnected to you, how much he loves you. today talks about the goodness of God and that's what I'm going to choose to focus on today. through the bad through the trials I choose to focus on the goodness of my father today
Let the King of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the echo of my days. Oh, He is mine. Come on, let's sing that again. Let the King of my heart be the wind inside my sails, the anchor in the waves. Oh, He is mine. Let the King of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the echo in the waves. Oh, He is my soul.
Let's speak up a little bit. You're never gonna let. You're never gonna let. I'm gonna trust you through whatever we're going through. You're never gonna let. You're never gonna let me down. Let's bring it up a little bit. You're never gonna let. You're never gonna let me down. Come on, speak it in faith. You're never gonna let. You're never gonna let me down. You're speak it and then get our spirit there we got to speak it in faith whatever we're going through God you are good if it's the weights of life if, if it's the voice of life God you are good because my outcome is not based on how I feel my outcome is not based on what I'm going through my outcome is based on Christ and he is one and he is good even though you're going through it you are good I want you to speak over your life over just speak in faith God you are good. Oh, one last time. You are good. Good. Oh, oh, oh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for today. God, you are good. Let's give God praise. You guys can be seated. Say hello to the person next to you. Say what's up. You have a nice beard, whatever you need to say. You have a very nice beard. 
No one has ever said that to me. Uh, you can turn this down just a little bit. Uh, I tried to grow my uh, facial hair for like two weeks, and then I had to shave it because it looked awful. Whoa. Ooh, that was like a, thanks, Jen. I see how it is. I talk about facial hair, and then, then this happens. Uh, but the guys can come forward at this time as we uh, get ready for giving. I'm going to just read you something. Glad to be back. Uh, I got to take time with my family, and we took them to Disneyland, and it was, it was fun. It was, uh, we did three days of theme parks, which for parents, it's like fun for, it's fun, but then your feet really hurt after the first day, you know. Uh, but uh, before, uh, I, I want to I wanna give a shout out to Monica. She graduated college. Woo! Come on, stand, Monica. I, I want to acknowledge you. Uh, super excited for her because I know her story. I know how long it's taken uh, because of uh, just everything you've been through. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, she was a single mom in high school. Um, she had to go through a lot. And when you hear the whole story, not just the out, because sometimes we get to see the highlights, right? And we're like, yay! But when, you, when you've walked with her through the whole story, it's beautiful, isn't it? Like, God is good. Like, and, and, and you might not be able to say that in the middle of our story or in the middle of things, but man, how beautiful is that? Super proud of you. Super proud of you. Yeah. Yeah, so excited. Uh, but I just want to say hello. I want to say happy Mother's Day today to all you wonderful moms and all you ladies in here. And uh, just, just so glad you're here. We, we are excited. Uh, we're gonna, I'm just going to read you something from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33. Many of you guys know it. Yeah. We, oh, Matthew 6, 33. We're gonna, we'll go from right to the beginning. It says, seek first the kingdom of God. And, and many times seeking God's kingdom is not always that easy because uh, we are so uh, inclined to seek our own kingdom, seek our own way, especially when we're going through it. But it's a seek God's kingdom and his righteousness and all these things that you've been dreaming about, all these things that, have, that, that you really need, all the things. And, and, and he talks about all the things as, uh, as uh, in the beginning of uh, Matthew 5, all the way to uh, Matthew 6, 33. And then all these things will be given to you as well. The things that you feel like you need, the things that you long for, the things that fill your soul. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough worry of its own. And more than anything, I just want to say, in our giving, in our living, in our time, in our talents, in our treasures, man, seek God first. Put God first. He's, he's like the capstone that keeps everything in place, like, a, like an arc, that bridge, that capstone, that one thing that makes everything stay in place and it's christ and once we have that capstone we can build on top of it but until we have something keeping us aligned in the way god has made us the things that we really need the things that are we desire in our life we go every which direction let god just man cap you and hold you together amen let's pray and uh we're gonna give in our offering heavenly father we thank you for today man you are good I pray that that is a declaration we can say in the worst of times, God. Meaning that we believe by faith that whatever we're going through, God, it is not the end of us. And whatever we're going through will not be wasted. That you will use even our hardships for your glory and to help other people, God. 
that you would use our struggles and you would use our joys to help those around us and to exemplify your grace and your love. And I pray in our giving, in our living, I pray we give in honor of you. We live in honor of you. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. We have a quick video that we want you to watch as you give. This one goes out to moms on behalf of all the kids in the world. Here are two things every mom needs to know. Number one, put down your phone unless your kid is named phone. Number two, don't name your kid phone. That's just not right. That's messed up. Number three, we love you. It's just sometimes we don't know how to say it. Sometimes it just comes out screaming or crying. But the next time your kid screams, you know what they're really saying is, I love you, Mom. You're beautiful. Thank you for not naming me phone. <laughs> Four, stop cleaning. Our house isn't messy. Our house is awesome. It's awesome because we live in it. My mom got stuff to do. Number five. Mom upside down is wow. Doesn't really mean anything, but I just thought it was really cool. Wow. It should be like this. Wow, 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 wow. Number six. While I have you here, I want to take a second and talk about meatloaf. Meatloaf's like a loaf of bread, but meat. Mom, we love you, but let's cool it on the meatloaf. Number seven, thank you for cleaning up all the poop. Number eight, have fun for once. We love to see you have fun. Thanks for the grocery store. Uh-huh, I bought all this stuff. Or sing in the middle of a driveway. Oh, it'll feel great. Great. And then it'll scare your kids so much, they'll be quiet. Number nine. Hug more, shout less. Look, I get it, I get it. Sometimes we do some things wrong. But growing up is scary. There's school, there's tests, there's telling times with clocks that have hands. There's time your shoes and kilograms and kilograms. Kilograms? I don't know, it's hard, but that's why I go to school. It's just hard to grow up. Sometimes we just need moms, moms to tell us everything's okay. Number 10, the secret to changing the world, moms. Without moms, none of us will be here. Moms, kids love you, 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 mm-hmm, and you. If every mom in the world knew how awesome they were, every problem in the world would be fixed. From kids everywhere, thanks for believing in us, putting up with us, and straight up loving us. Mom, you keep us dancing. today so we just wanted to honor two moms so I'm gonna need the mom with the youngest baby so if you have a baby that's six months or younger can you stand I know there's at least yeah I'm like I'm all staring at them all stand up um okay so four months or younger okay these two are gonna be close I think so um two months or younger all right we're gonna have to go to weeks um, seven weeks or younger. 
I think it's Ava, but uh, six weeks or younger. All right, this is awesome, yeah. Okay, so we got her a Starbucks card and chocolate because she needs to stay up longer. <laughs> this is Ava and Cody, and they just had their first little boy. He's really handsome. He's got suspenders and all on today. You should definitely check out his outfit. So that's Starbucks to keep you awake. Happy first Mother's Day. Um, and then we just want to honor the mom with the most kids and grandkids here. So add them up. So if you have three or more kids and grandkids here, please stand here. Okay. I know, right? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. All right. Four or more. Julie's still standing because she has four kids. <laughs> Five or more? Six or more? Here. Grandkids and kids here. Six or more? Yeah. Okay, now we're down to... Okay, so they have to be here in church. Okay. Oh, dang it. <laughs> we have a winner. Let's give her <laughs> Miss Delia. You had some pretty flowers for you. And there's already a vase. Happy Mother's Day. All right, and then I just wanted to read something really quick. Because um, I know uh, that these types of days sometimes are hard for some women. And so we always want to acknowledge that. And we never want you to feel like, why am I here today? So um, I was just going to share this. And um, I think it just really challenged me to, to value the women here today and value the women that are in our lives and that that's really important, that we have to remember that too. So um, just bear with me. It's kind of long, but not super long. But just listen to the words, not, not looking at me. Um, <laughs> to those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. Sorry, it makes me a little emotional. Um, to those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, running away, or the actual loss of your precious child, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with pokes, prods, tears, and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't need to make this harder than it is. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience and your pain. To those who lived through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way that you longed for it to be. To those who are single parents and step-parents, we walk with you on these complex paths that you so courageously take on. To those who envisioned lavishing love on grandchildren, children, yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who will have empty nesters in the upcoming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. To those who place children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart every day. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, 
We anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart, and we have real warriors in our midst. We remember you. Love you guys, and happy Mother's Day. And so now we just, um, we're going to have a, a Mother's Day um, couple with us. And uh, so it's Jamie and Isaac Oliveras. And if you don't know about them, um, let's give them a hand. If you have not heard about them, um, yeah, they are amazing. <laughs> you need to get to know them. So about five years ago, um, just kind of on a crazy whim, um, there was a couple that was helping them out, starting Urban Outreach. And um, they started coming here because they were remodeling the whole building and everything. And so we got partnered with them. And um, so it's been a really cool journey. And even recently, we became more close. And um, let me just tell you, these people, they have um, just such a heart for what God tells us to do. And so um, when we go there, it's like, it's just like, this is what we're supposed to do. Like, this is what God calls us to do. God calls us to love those that are hopeless and that are homeless and that have nothing and feed them and take care of them and bring them into our lives, not just let it be like a every other year thing that we do. And so this is what they do. And it is so amazing to just be a part of it. So our church has been partnered with them for the last five years, but to see the growth and the relationships that they've been able to build just because of their faithfulness to God. They're in five points, and they serve the homeless community there. They serve the kids. They serve the families. Whoever comes in those doors, they are welcome. And um, just when they had their 200th dinner just recently, our worship team got the privilege to go, and I'm standing there, and I'm literally trying not to bawl on the stage because Jesus, he said to me so clearly, this is what I've called my people to do. And so I just ask for you guys to listen just listen intently today. Listen to their story and listen how God has just used them in so many amazing ways and their family. And um, they're just, they have one of my favorite stories, I think, because I secretly want it to be mine. Um, but it, it's just so awesome. So I just ask you to just open your hearts to what God has laid on their heart and, um, and just receive it and love on them today because they are, they are here to speak to us on Mother's Day. So Jamie has prepared for this also, and she is sacrificing this Sunday morning by being, you know, here and, and, and speaking to us. And so let's just welcome them, and, um, and let's, let's listen with open hearts. Ditto. Come on, let's go. Yeah. Good morning, church. Listen, um, man, I, I'm just Isaac. Jamie's just Jamie. She's awesome. Don't get me wrong. But um, God is good, and he gets all the credit, and he gets all the glory. So uh, listen, it's truly an honor to share this morning. Uh, just humbled and uh, really love every one of you guys. You guys are a blessing to us. Um, you know, listen, the, the way that you guys support us, that's great. That's wonderful. But truly... The friendship is what really makes it count because, you know, you, you can't do ministry alone. You can't go through life alone. And, um, you know, I, that to us is such an encouragement. And that's, I feel like, God telling us, listen, I told you so. You know, every time we receive an encouraging word, every time someone sacrifices time out of their schedule to be with us, that's like God telling me, I told you so. 
I told you you could trust me. I told you that I'd be there for you. And so that's what it means to us. So thank you so much. Listen, um, I'm really just warming up the pulpit this morning for Jamie. She's going to share some really cool things. And for those of you who are, who are on Facebook, even during service, I posted right as service started that I'm um, anxious to be tag team preaching with Jamie today and that I was going to take up more of my time and more of her time so that I would leave her on purpose scrambling to get through her stuff on purpose because I left her with too little time. Uh, but I was just joking about that. But um, So I really am anxious to hear her and, and um, have her share. But I want to show just a, a quick promo video. It's a, it's a video that just encapsulizes just some of the things that, that are happening at Urban Outreach, uh, kind of a general promo video. So check it out. It's about three minutes long, and then we'll pick it up after that. So go ahead and play that video if it's ready to go. Thank you.
So listen, church, I just want to share, you know, that uh, you're watching when I, when you look at me here right now, and you, in a few minutes you're going to hear Jamie share, but you're watching uh, us live our dream. You know, when you think about people living their dream, or sometimes you hear people say sarcastically, ah, oh, just living the dream, you know, I guess what, what that conjures up for me is that, you know, people are, are man, living the high life, man, living in mansions and flying on private jets, and that's living the dream. But that's not all living your dream means. Um, well, certainly, you know, when I met Jamie in college, that's when she started living her dream. We understand that. Uh, but, you know, 15 years married this year, she's been living her dream. And, um, you know, but when you live the dream, it doesn't mean the dream is perfect. It doesn't mean the dream is easy, certainly. But to live the dream that you feel and that you know and as you pursue the Lord and you live your dream for God, let me tell you something, church, that's living. Because you're never really alive until you're alive in Jesus Christ. And quickly, I want to share this verse because when you see, look, you know, you come down to Urban Outreach and, and, and you see what's going on. I know a lot of you have been there. You know, look, first of all, man, everything looks better on Facebook. Everything looks better on a promo video, okay? We're not trying to be anyone that we're not. I just, I just want to get that out there, okay? You know, it, that, that's just the truth. But it's living your dream for God. And when you see Urban Outreach and you see, you know, when... You know, people tell me all the time, oh, I see you here and there sharing. And this, listen, that's not because it's glamorous. It's not because I'm anyone special, okay? It's because when you say yes to God, he'll do some pretty cool things in your life along the way. He'll show you some really cool things. And when you see Urban Outreach, what you're seeing is a pursuit, a pursuit of obedience to God that has not been perfect, has not been easy, but it's based off of reading scriptures like this that, to me, just bring everything in the gospel uh, into personal meaning for me. And this is the last verse in the book of John. This is John 21, 25. And it says, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. I love not only the, the way that this verse reads, but I love the placement of this verse because this is the very last verse of all the four Gospels. And so everything that the Gospels have told us about Jesus, all the amazing things that we've seen Jesus do, the last verse here says, and by the way, he also did many, many more things. So many more things that if we had to write them all down, the whole world would be filled with books. I mean, that's amazing. That's the Jesus that we serve. And when you see Urban Outreach, you see things that, you know, that, that you get to be a part of, listen, that's what it's about. It's just about a pursuit of obedience to say, God, I want to see some of those things. God, I want to see the things that you have, not only the, the things that, that weren't able to be written down and, and recorded in Scripture for us to read about and learn about, but God, I want to see and I want to experience all the things that you have planned for my life. I mean, God, I want to know. I, I kind of feel like this. Like God has this master list for every one of us. It's personalized for every one of us. And there's this list. And he says, listen, if you will just obey me, if you will just trust me, I'm going to show you the next thing on your list. But the next thing requires a little bit more faith. The next thing requires a little bit more obedience. 
The next thing requires some more discipline, but if you will trust me along the way, I'm going to show you 1 through 10. And by the way, if there's a, some bonus numbers on there, if you, man, if you really just ball out with me, I am going to show you number 11, 12, and 13. I'm going to show you everything I have. And I think that when we serve Jesus, when we come to, into a relationship with him, then it's like we're starting that list. Okay, here's number one. Maybe a little, a little step of faith. You say, okay, God, you're good. You're faithful. I'm going to show you number two. I'm going to show you number three. And church, that's what serving Jesus should be. So when you see something like Urban Outreach, whatever it is, whatever it isn't, it is us pursuing our list with Jesus. God, I want you to show me everything you have planned for my life. And I would just challenge every one of you, every one of us today to say, God, I want to see everything you have planned on my list. I want to see it all. I want to see your greatness. I want to see your power. All those things that weren't written and recorded in Scripture, I want you to show me those things. And so church, that's what, I guess, excites me about being able to share today. And really to hear Jamie share today. Because listen, you know, you all, you've all seen our little, and Nasea just ran up here with no shoes on just a few minutes ago. Um, you know, uh, and, and she needs to see Jamie. She can't be away from Jamie. One of the things when we brought her home from the hospital, they warned us, you know, hey, uh, they're, they're, it could be difficult for her to have an attachment to you. And, well, Lord, no, he blew that out of the water right off the bat. Um, so, listen, I won't take up any more time, um, but it's my honor this morning, especially here on Mother's Day, to introduce my wife to you, Jamie. And I want her to come up this morning. And, uh, listen, she, she is a wonderful, wonderful mom. She's a wonderful wife, and I'm proud proud to um, have her share this morning for all you all. So, uh, man, one more time, give it up for Jamie, everybody. Well, good morning, everyone. I am just going to go back a little bit to, to something Candace said about me sacrificing my time. I am afraid you're going to find out this morning that you will be sacrificing your time <laughs> to listen to me the next 20 minutes. Um, these, are, these are my notes. Our, our printer broke yesterday. So, um, we, we should have a lot of fun. But first, guys, I just want to thank all of you, so many of you. Um, I've gotten to know on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And um, Hill City Church, when you guys were still Thrive, you came alongside us about five years ago. You were there when we brought Nasea home from the hospital, helped provide some of the things. And you guys have just really journeyed with us the last few years. Um, and especially over the last year, I think Isaac and I had kind of felt that we had kind of become a little bit um, isolated as far as um, in our ministry, not having a lot of other people to kind of to do life with outside of our ministry. And so uh, pastors John and Candace, uh, we just really appreciate your guys' friendship and have really enjoyed getting to know you guys and have really enjoyed attending Hill City on Sunday mornings whenever we are here. And so I, I, was, ex I was pretty excited because I was asked to share our story this morning. And so um, I don't usually ever speak, but this is a really easy topic for me to speak on. And so this morning I want to speak on adoption. And I think the Bible has a lot to say about adoption as well. And so I really want to speak on both of those things. I really believe the beautiful message of the gospel is God's adoption of us. Um, we've seen biblical foundation of adoption in the Old Testament with Moses and with Esther. We see God call Israel his son, and later on in the New Testament, he uses the word adoption. And we just see that it's just really kind of a central statement 
of what the gospel is. It is a message of God's adoption as of us as sons and daughters and how we have become heirs of him. I really like the way that Galatians 4, 4 through 5 says, But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And I, I, it's just an amazing statement to me. And it's interesting because um, God uses the concept of adoption to explain how he saved us or how to become a part of his family, right? All right, so John Piper, does anybody know who John Piper is? I really like reading his articles. All right, he wrote an excellent, excellent article on adoption. And I like the way that he stated this. I'm going to read this really quick. He says, God could have stayed with the language of new birth so that all his children were described as children by nature only. And he references 1 John, I mean John 1, 12 through 13, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. God chose to speak of us as adopted as well as being children by new birth. And I think that it is so incredibly important for us to remember. It shows us that God had serious plans for us, right? Like he seriously planned out everything from before creation all the way to the end. And he still has serious plans for us. And Isaac and I, we really got to see this in our lives um, a few years ago. And that's the story that I really want to share with you guys this morning, is that he had some serious plans for us that were nowhere near on our radar. Like it wasn't something that we had thought about or we saw coming down the road, but he had every detail of it perfectly planned. And for us, that started back on July 5th, 2012. Um, it was the day after the 4th of July. We were, I think, in the process of remodeling the building at the time. I don't even think our, we'd had it for one month, okay? Um, up to this point, we had kind of just been doing some kind of grassroots stuff in the neighborhood, trying to, to meet people and different things. But we were at the point now where we were really launching what we were going to be doing in Five Points. And so there's a coffee shop in Five Points called Coffee at the Point. And we were walking down to Coffee at the Point, and we were approached by a young woman named Geraldine. And she was the very first woman that I met through our ministry. And it's, inc it's incredible how this is such an important detail in our story that God planted out that even the first woman that I would meet through our ministry would play a very important role in the rest of our lives. And so we met Geraldine. She starts walking with us, and she asked us for $2.25. And we know after being there for a while that that's enough to buy a hit of crack. And so we politely declined no and kind of visited with her for a few minutes, and she just kept walking with us. And so She's walking with us, and we're making real small talk. And then the tables just kind of churn, and it gets real serious real quick. And she is just telling us about, really, her life that has just been full of pain for years. So she was um, born in a crack house, conceived in a crack house, born in a crack house. She was adopted out at a very young age. Her mom was on crack. Her brother was on crack. Her brother died from crack. Her other brother tried to kill her while on crack. Um, at a very young age, her mother lost custody. She was adopted by another family who unfortunately um, wasn't concerned for her well-being. So by the age of 13, Geraldine left her adopted home and began to live life on the streets. And she felt safer there. And now, now I don't know about you, 
But I cannot imagine at 13 years old believing that the streets would be a safer place for me to live. Can you guys imagine that? I just cannot imagine that life is so bad at that point that living on the streets is safer. And so she did that, and she survived for a little while. Um, she began selling drugs to make some money so that, you know, she could live a little bit, try to get into hotels whenever she could. Um, then she began using drugs, which then led to prostitution. And now 30 years later, she's 43 years old. She still lives on the streets, and she's still using the same drug, okay? Um, she tells us that she has no hope, no purpose. She has no one who loves her. And what she wants more than anything is a hug. Just someone that she can go home to and will be there to give her a hug. You know, Isaac and I at this point, we're just kind of listening and we're just thinking, man, a hug. You know, how easily do we give and receive those really on a daily basis? Sunday mornings at church, you walk in, good morning, so good to see you. You give a hug, you receive a hug to our friends, to people at events, to coworkers, to people we've just met an hour ago and we're saying, it's great to meet you. What do we do? We give the, give the side hug, right? And she has not a single person in her life who can give her a hug. And that just really broke my heart. And she goes on to tell, she's like, you know, sometimes I just wish I could take a hit so big that my heart would explode and all the pain would end, all the suffering would end, life would be over, and I would never live another day like this with no one who cares about me. And so then she stops, she's like, you know, I don't, I don't know why I'm telling you guys this. I never tell people this, you know, like, I, I don't, I don't, who are you? <laughs> like, I just, I, I was walking, and I was just going to go and ask the other people, but something inside me told me I had to tell you my story. I needed to tell you, who are you? And so Isaac begins to explain to her who we are, why we're, why we're in Denver, why specifically we're in Five Points, um, and how she just has so much purpose. She has a future ahead. There's love in her life ahead. That, that her, her life has a purpose. And we would see how her purpose would tie in later to our lives. And one of the things that she said was, you know, she's like, I just want this life to end. I just want to be able to, to, to move on to whatever is in the after. But, and how many of us know there's so much power in the word but sometimes? You know, it can, it can be, but I just can't do it. Or, but I know that I can do it. And so when she said, but, I had this little glimmer of hope. And she said, but I know that there is a God. Because sometimes I'll go home, and there's a gentleman that will, will allow her to stay there sometimes. And she goes, sometimes I'll go home, and I'll read my Bible and I'll sing songs to my God, and I know that he's real, and I believe that I can break this addiction, but when I leave, it all falls apart. And so we know that there's hope, and so we, you know, we're trying to explain that to her and, and talk with her about it. So we just began building a relationship with her that day. We invited her out the very next day to come help us out with an Adopt a Block event that we did, and she showed up, and she got one of our t-shirts, and I think actually we might have a picture of that day. Yeah, so that's Geraldine <laughs> right there in the middle. Some of you might remember Jeremy and Beth Alvarez. They used to attend here. Um, but that's Geraldine right in the middle. That was the very next day. That was July 6, 2012. She spent the day with us. We discovered she's like an amazing artist, this incredible artistic ability. And so over the next few months, we just built a relationship with her. She would come and hang out with us um, whenever she was not using and she was kind of a sound mind. She would always come and find us. 
and we would hang out with her. So several months forward, um, in January the next year, we found out that she was, she was pregnant. And so we, are, of course, were, were pretty concerned. She was using pretty heavily, had been for 30-some years, and we knew there was no real intention of that stopping. And she said, you know, I, I should just get rid of the baby, but I don't know. I, just, I think I'm just going to keep it. I want to I wanna try to have this, have this one, to keep this one. I want to try to get clean. At this point, she had had four other children. Three were conceived by rape. None were born in the hospital. All of them were born at home. She delivered them herself um, in random houses, some crack houses. And she said, but I'm going to make it work with this one, you know, 43 years old. I'm going to make it happen with this one. And so we tried to give her whatever support we could give. We were really trying to get her into prenatal care. We felt like that was really important. Um, we weren't able to accomplish that. And about a month after we found out she was pregnant, I had a dream. And in my dream, there was this beautiful, beautiful baby girl. She had the most beautiful dark skin, big brown eyes, big, beautiful brown hair. And she just had the most joyous smile on her face. And I remember in my dream thinking, well, this isn't my kid, but I know this is my kid. Like, this is my child. I'm not a mother of two. I'm a, I'm a mother of three children. And there was no sound in there. It was just me, the little girl, and my two children. And I woke up. And so I told Isaac about the dream. And, you know, like any normal sane person, he started laughing really nervously, you know, because, like, I'm dreaming about a pregnant woman's child, you know. And so he's like, oh, man, you can't tell anyone that, <laughs> you know. And I was like, I, I'm not telling anybody that. And so we kind of laughed about it, didn't think too much about it. A month later, we found out our friend Geraldine was having a baby girl. Um, it was the one prenatal appointment that she had. Um, we found out she was having a baby girl. So about a month or two after that, I have another dream. And in this dream, it's the same little girl, but she's a little bit older. And Isaac's there, and Isabella's there, and Abraham's there. And we're all kind of watching her and entertaining her. And she is just laughing the most beautiful laugh. And in my head, I'm thinking, this is my family. Like, this is my family. And I woke up. And I knew that that was my child. And I told Isaac, I said, oh my gosh, I had another dream. And he was like, yeah, you really cannot tell anybody this about your dream. And at this point, we had told our associates, Jeremy and Beth, we had told them about the dream. And we all kind of had like a really good laugh, like, oh, that's hilarious, taking in people's babies, you know, real funny. And so um, Isaac and I were like, yeah, this one we're just going to, you know, keep to ourselves at this point. We're just going to keep this one to ourselves. So life kind of went on. And then it was August of that year. We had been camping as a family for a couple days. We're driving down from the mountain, and I get a phone call, and it's Geraldine, and, and she's hysterical, and she's crying. And she said, I've had the baby eight weeks early. They've made me leave the hospital. Uh, they found cocaine in her system and some other stuff. Um, I said some things I shouldn't have said, and they made me immediately leave the hospital. Hours after giving birth, she's gone. She says, nobody is allowed in there to see her, but they've told me clergy can go in. So will you guys please go see my baby? We're, Absolutely. We're going to be there. We just let us get home, get showered, get a sitter. We're going to go there and see. And so I hang up the phone, and I just start hysterically crying. And I'm like, we're going to be raising that child. <laughs> and he was like, you need to dial it back. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you look like a crazy person right now. I was like, I just know it. God has told us we are going to be raising that baby. And he was like, take a step back. We're not doing anything. We are not pursuing this. If this is something God has for us, he is going to have to, like, bring it down into our laps. We're not doing any of this. I was like, okay, okay, okay. So we walk into the hospital room later that day. 
And there she was, the little girl in my dreams, the exact depiction of the little girl that was in my dreams. And I knew. I knew when we walked into that hospital room that that, that child was mine. And I didn't know what that looked like. But it was the most bizarre feeling that I had because I was instantly joyous that God had given me this incredible gift, incredible gift. I knew I wanted another kid. I knew I did not want to birth another kid. Any mothers out there feel that way? Like, I, that was something I was absolutely sure of. Like, yeah, I want another kid. It's not coming from me. So I don't know how that'll look at some point. But at some point, we'll probably have another kid. I don't know how, but we're, you know. And so, but at the same moment, I was heartbroken because I knew the best resolution to this story was for mom to get clean and for mom to get reunified with her daughter. You know, I knew because what that meant to me is that mom had given her heart to Jesus 100%. That mom was able to break free from her addiction, 30-plus year addiction. That mom received the help that she needed to heal all the wounds that she had had. And then she got to enjoy the life of her baby girl. And so at this, it's a very bizarre feeling because we loved mom. And so Isaac and I left there, and we just kind of decided mom was our priority. She was the first woman that we had met. We did not feel like that was an accident, that we were going to continue to love on her. Bringing her child in would complicate things. Okay, this is what we were telling ourselves. And so a couple days later, I go to court with mom. Um, you have to understand mom has had a very traumatic life, so she has the mentality of a teenager. And so I went with her to meet with a defense attorney, make sure she understood the charges being brought against her, what she was admitting guilt to, what the actions were going to be for the next few months. And so we're sitting there, and the defense attorney goes, okay, so who's going to take your baby? And she's like, well, you're going to take her, right? I said, no, 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 no. Well, well, yeah, you can take her. I was like, no, there's 10 slots. You need to fill that with family. You can put us on slot number 10. And we're not going to come in between any family. You know, and our focus right now, Geraldine, our focus is on you. We want to help you get well and get better and get the care that you need. She's like, okay. So they put it all down. And so I had told Isaac what I had done. That was kind of what we had agreed to. We knew we'd be asked the question. And, and then that was kind of it. And I thought, there's nine names on there. Nine names. Never in a million years are we going to get a call. And so our little girl was nine days old, and we get a call from DHS, and I'm on speakerphone, and uh, bio grandma's in the background yelling at me, and um, very unhappy with the situation. And DHS says no one is going to be able to be approved to take this child home. And there's nothing wrong with her. She's seven and a half weeks early, and she needs no extra care, so she can't stay in the hospital. We need a home for her to go to. And you have 24 hours to decide, and then she'll need to go home in 48 hours. And so um, would you guys consider this? I'm like, yeah, we'll consider it. So I get off the phone, and I tell Isaac. And so we talked about it. We prayed about it. We talked with extended family about it. And we decided, like the good, seasoned Christians that we are, to say no. And because the dreams were just coincidental, right? <laughs> They were coincidental, and we could not be setting this precedence. We had another homeless couple who was currently pregnant, and their baby was born that day, and we knew, we knew that they were not going to be able to keep her. There was no way this couple was walking out with the baby from the hospital. And so we were like, we cannot set this precedence. We can't also get called for them <laughs> and, like, be taking people's babies in. And so 
we were like, we can't do this. We got a lot going on. We're planning a church the very next month. We were, we were launching City Life Church, and um, we, our, our son was diagnosed with autism that month, and he was going to begin a bunch of therapies. And we're like, our priority is him. That's our, pr- our priority is him. Our priority is the church and Geraldine. And we were just, we're just going to need to say no. So I go to make the phone call the next day, and physically I cannot make the phone call. So being the totally sane person I am during this time, I cry hysterically. I'm like, you're going to have to call. I can't call. We're making the worst decision of our lives. I can't call. So Isaac's like, okay, I'll do it. You know, he's being like the sane one, you know, and he's like, I'll do it. I'll tell them no, you know, (laughs) and it doesn't matter what God told us. We're going to say no. We know. And so he picks up the phone and he can't do it. And so then, you know, um, we're like complete idiots who have like never heard from the Lord before or have ever trusted him with anything. And we start questioning like everything in life, you know, like, why are we here? And, you know, all these things. And so we, we thought, you know what, we need to reach out to some, some of our friends. Because like our extended family, you know, they were, they were great. And they're like, we'll support whatever you do. But you guys have a lot going on, you know. You probably shouldn't bring in a drug addicted baby at this moment. Probably not your best choice, you know. And I hadn't told anyone about the dreams. So we call our good friends, Tim and Sharon, they live in Chicago. They've been inner city missionaries for years. And, and uh, we text them first, like, can we have a conference call with you guys? Something important. So we call and they pick up the phone. They're like, what is going on? We have been praying for you all morning. What is going on? And so we told them the story and then they just kind of like slapped us across the face. And, and she was like, Jamie, what are you afraid of? Like God has clearly laid this out for you and has brought this to you. Um, are you, are you willing to accept it, you know? And at the moment we said yes, there was complete and utter peace. Our focus had not changed. We really wanted mom to at some point get reunified. And we thought, you know what? Maybe we're meant to be the home she's in until that happens. You know, maybe we're meant to, to be like a foster mom and, and, and dad to her, you know? And so that's kind of what we thought <laughs> was going to happen. And, and, and when, when we weren't sure what was going to happen, but we went through the next six months trying to help mom, um, and on July or August, we got to meet our baby girl for the first time. We'll show you guys some of those pictures. Here we go. She was four pounds, so she was really little. <laughs> she was pretty cute, right? Pretty cute, pretty cute, pretty cute. So we got to see God start planning this out way before we knew all of this was going to happen. And we can look back on our story, and we can laugh now. We can laugh at ourselves. Like, we realize, like, it's kind of funny to hear, like, the, the people who went to Five Points to plant a church, the place where churches go to die is what they, what they say. Like, we're too afraid to bring this cute little harmless thing home, right? We can laugh about that. But there are some beautiful moments in our story. And one scripture that came out to me during this was Ephesians 1, 4 through 6. If we can go to that scripture really quick. It says, in love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. From Nasea's conception, he predestined her for us. He revealed this in my dreams. He prepared our hearts. Adoption wasn't plan B in God's mind, just like his adoption of you and I isn't plan B. Plan A wasn't a world full of children with no sin who didn't need to be redeemed. It was creation, fall, redemption, adoption, so that his full 
glory and grace could be revealed. It was planned. He seriously planned it all. And when we look back on our story, we can see how seriously he planned our story from the beginning. So we brought her home. As you can see, it's incredibly difficult on our children. Like, they just had a really hard time adjusting. Um, they did not like her at all. And we can go to the next one. She was extremely hard to love because she was not attractive in any, any way whatsoever. Couldn't pull off those things. I mean, she was just unbelievable. But our story began in July. We met mom in March. We were given a glimpse of our future daughter. Spring, we were given another glimpse. And really quick, I just have to pause. The picture of her in the sunglasses with Isaac, that's the little girl that was in my dream, in that second dream. Sitting up just like that, just joyously laughing. Every single detail of her is exactly the detail that God gave in my dream. That's how much he loves us. <laughs> like, that's how much he knows you inside and out because he created every single part of you. Before you ever came onto earth, he knew, he knew you. And um, we feel incredibly privileged that he gave us that. Sorry. Anyways, <laughs> meeting her, it was, man, it was the same joyous feeling as birthing our other two children. Like the love was no different. Nothing was different. Felt exactly the same. We had talked about adoption a long time ago, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know, like, would we love them the same? I can tell you without a doubt, yes. Overwhelming, yes. Like we just, the moment we met her, we instantly loved her just like our other children. And I think it's an important thing to remember that adoption brings us and our children the rights of being heirs of the Father. I love the way Romans 8, 16 through 17 puts it. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. In September 2014, Nasea legally became an Olivatis, and she will inherit everything Isabella and Abraham will inherit. And we can show that next picture of her. That was her adoption celebration. Yeah. She'll inherit all the same rules, the same love, the same care, the same privileges. I mean, we like to think it's a privilege to be our children. I mean, Isabella and our other, others, they might disagree, but we like to think it's a privilege. And it's the same with God. When we give our hearts to him, when we're adopted by him, we become his son and daughter, and we become his heirs. It's an incredible feeling. We changed Sweetness to his name because her name means miracle from Yahweh. And you can go to the next pictures. She's truly a miracle. During the first year of her life, um, she suffered from a lot. Probably the hardest thing I think that we had to watch was her go through withdrawals. Um, that was incredibly difficult to watch. Um, but during that first year of her, la her life, let me just give you a rundown really quick of all that God has healed her from. She suffered significant brain bleeds. She lost use of one side of her body. She had complete hearing loss for six months. She was diagnosed as failure to thrive. At one point, she had appointments in neurology, neurosurgery, audiology, metabolic clinic, gastroenterology, genetics, speech therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and the list just kind of goes on. Um, we were told she had mitochondrial disease. It's just a terrible, terrible disease that um, slowly just takes your life. And they told us at that time, like, you should really reconsider adopting her. You do not want to watch what happens. Guys, God does not care <laughs> how sick you are, how messed up you are, how twisted things have become, how left things have gone. 
He doesn't care. He adopts you as you are. Moms, he adopts us as we are. We are his heirs. Everything is ours. Everything he has, he gives to us. That's the incredible thing of adoption. And so this morning, guys, this isn't, this isn't a story that says you need to all go out and adopt a child. I mean, it'd be great if you guys did. But it's a story to tell you, guys, if you're looking for a purpose in life, it's that simple. You're God's son. You're God's daughter. Mom, God created you as you are. Come to him as you are. Do yourself a favor and get off Pinterest, <laughs> you know. We compare ourselves so much to these other moms. I'm telling you, your kids love your Pinterestless birthday party. And it probably tastes better, honestly. It probably tastes better. Nobody likes fondant cake, you know. And that's the only way you can create those, like, really cool creations. I've been there. I've done that. I know. The cake is horrible, and then none of the kids eat it. Have any of you guys seen that mom crush video lately? If you haven't, you should look it up. Yeah, if we had time, we would play it this morning. It's pretty funny. All right. Guys, he created you as you are. And moms, I know not all of us came from a great example of a mother, right? And maybe we didn't come from a great example of a father. And you're here this morning, and you're just like, you know, I, I, I don't really have anyone on call mom. I don't really have anyone I call dad. You know, the thing is, a woman did bring you into this world. Your mom chose to keep you and bring you into this world, whether she played a role in your life or not. And we have that to be thankful for. And the second thing we have to be thankful for is we have a heavenly father who when we give our hearts to him, we are his daughter and we are his son. And he created you with such a specific purpose and he created you just as you are. So you need to praise him for you. And husbands, you need to praise God for your wife. All of her messes. <laughs> you need to praise him for you because he created her for a specific purpose. Guys, we love you guys so much. I'm happy that we got to share that story with you. I think I'm handing it over to Candace. <laughs> thank you. I just want to thank these guys for sharing their story. It just helps us to look at it in such a different way today, right? And so um, let's just pray, and then I pray that you all have a great day and that you're celebrated today. Dear Jesus, I just thank you so much for the blessing that Jamie and Isaac are to us. And God, I just pray that we take these words that they've, they've told us today, that Isaac said, dream your dream. Let God put that dream in your heart and let him begin to, to make that list and let you just begin to take one step forward and then let him tell you what's next. Because God, you have adopted us and we are yours. And so you have such great plans for us, just like Jamie said. So God, I pray that today we leave here, every one of us, God, just ready to dream the dreams that you've put, you've put, you've lined up for us. And we thank you so much, and I just pray for a great day today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. You guys are dismissed. Thank you.